is Soul Over the Bones, a podcast for rewilding by Liz Glenn. I am joined today by my partner for a very special conversation, giving all of you, the listeners, a glimpse into our relationship. So when I think of potential candidates to be interviewed for my rewilding podcast, I can hardly think of a better story than my partner's, who was assigned female at birth, but identifies as non-binary and uses they, them pronouns. So I have them on today with me to discuss their story. So, Do you want to tell me a little bit about your upbringing? Let's start from the beginning. When did you feel like, or was there a time that you felt like, I am not a girl. I'm supposed to be a girl. I have this label girl on me, but that didn't feel true to you. I would say that is my entire life. Yeah. (laughs) It's me going to church in a dress and that's the only option to go in a dress and I see these girls are like excited to be in a dress like they don't seem uncomfortable they are just like natural and just like they sit down and not even worry about it or at least that's what it seems like like it seems like they just sit down or move around their day just freely and in this dress that is like what do you even do? And like, I don't understand. Like, it doesn't make sense in my head to do that. But I don't have the terminology of, like, I like to dress like a boy. Or like, what that means exactly. And so, I knew that I liked wearing basketball shorts. I knew that I liked wearing jerseys. Or running around the backyard and getting dirty rather than playing with dolls. Like These are like stereotypical, like, boy versus girl type of things that the society has put into our upbringing and stuff. And in school, I would always play basketball or sports with the boys. I wouldn't ever hang out with the girls and like, whether it was playing on the playground or playing hopscotch or whatever, just like talking or walking around. I didn't do that and I didn't relate to that. So I always felt different. My brother who's a few years younger than me, would run around with his shirt off. And, like, if he got hot, he would take his shirt off and stuff. And I didn't always get to do that. Like, I definitely hit a certain age that that was not okay and that was not acceptable. Or I wanted to wear the same tank tops as him. Or I wanted to go get the same kind of clothes that he had. And I was not allowed to do that. Like, I definitely had to, like get the spaghetti strap tank tops instead of like the thicker shoulder just regular tank tops yeah I don't know what they're called yeah but yeah I always wanted to like be more like him or like show up like him not necessarily be him because we're different people but yeah and I grew up in the LDS church so those conversations those terminologies the vocab it was not there like that's if anything was frowned upon it was a sin you don't do sins and yeah like it's just it's not something that I was aware of it wasn't something that was talked about okay were there any times that you were exposed to people that were gay and 
that awareness was kind of brought to you at all? I was around it without knowing it. Okay. My brother growing up always had one of these friends that he would always hang out with. And he had two moms. And that was how it was put inwards towards us, was that he had two moms. And when two moms are brought up, it's like, whether it's like a stepmom or maybe a biological mom. Or... Right. It's not like clear yeah. what the setup is, just that they have two moms involved and not a dad. Right. And they didn't look like each other. So it's not like, I don't know. It, it was a weird concept, but regardless, he had two moms and like, that was that. I was always drawn and like wanting to talk to or hang around one over the other more so. And they both weren't super, like, feminine either. It's just one had played college basketball and stuff and, like, was more active, at least that I saw. And so I would always try and talk to her and she would always, like, come and talk to me and we had, like, a relationship, sort of. And so, like, I didn't realize that they were gay. Yeah. My my parents never said, oh, his parents are gay. Like, that was never a thing. And I figured that there's a dad in the picture somewhere. Right. There's just no terminology of... This is what a gay couple looks like. This mm-hmm. is what a lesbian couple looks like. This is what this is. And maybe just in an effort to normalize it, to not have to be like, obviously, for a heteronormative couple, you would be walking down the street and see a mom and a dad together. And your parents wouldn't feel the need to say, this is a heteronormative couple, because like that just feels like either an overcomplication or an oversimplification But either way, this wasn't known to you. This was just sort of like, he has two moms. I don't know what the setup is, but the idea that two people of the same gender could be together was a foreign concept to you. For sure. Was there a time in your upbringing that you felt like a tomboy? Was that a label that either you took on yourself or that other people called you that maybe you're not gay, but maybe you're just a tomboy? Since I was young, I was always called a tomboy. And I took that role on because I feel like maybe I was reaching for something that was not a girl. I don't know, maybe some way I made the connection that there was, like, a boy in there. And, like, I don't know. It wasn't... I didn't want to be girly in any form. Like, I refused to be that and be referred to that at all. And I think even at a young age, like, sometimes I was referred to as girly when wearing a dress. And they're like, oh, you look so girly in that. And it's like, then I would absolutely hate it even more than I already did. Like, I was anti, for sure. But yeah, I was always referred to tomboy, whether family, friends, people at school, played sports. And I figured that it was only just because of, like, sports and stuff. Like, I figured it's because you're a girl and you play sports and... You don't play with dolls and you don't dress up or whatever, you know? Right. And some girls that play sports aren't gay. They are heteronormative. Mm -hmm. And so it would stand to reason that you could be that type of person. But that wasn't the case. Yeah. Was there a certain point in your life in which you did feel like, maybe I am gay? I would say in middle school, I was questioned about it. I didn't know for sure that that was what I was. And again, I still didn't have the clear understanding of what that meant. Even seeing my brother's two moms or maybe hearing the word more in middle school, I still didn't identify as that. I still didn't fully understand what that meant. And I wasn't 
watching shows with gay people in it either. Like, I, I wasn't aware, but I was questioned about it. And I would always be teased of like, oh, you're gay or are you gay or whatever. And I would deny it because I felt their undertone. I heard it. And so, like, I would deny it. Bottom line. And then into high school, sophomore year, I had texted my best friend being like, I wonder if I'm gay. Like, I don't know for sure, but like, this is something that keeps coming up. People keep questioning me and maybe it is true. Like, I don't know for sure. I haven't had any experiences. I can't deny or say that I am. So I might be, but I mostly questioned it because people were questioning me, I feel like. And so in senior year of high school, I had made a friend and I later on realized that I had a crush on her. And at first I kind of just figured that it was just like a friendship that I wanted to have and like a deeper friendship, not just like a, I want to date you sort of relationship. But I, I had a boyfriend in high school and senior year, that same year. And I didn't really feel anything, but I knew that that's what I was supposed to do. That's what I should be doing is to be with a boy. So I tried it. It didn't go well. (laughs) (laughs) In your self-discovery now, you've reached out to people from your past and have asked because it's so difficult as a child ourselves to be expected or to expect of ourselves that we are doing this like internal work that we are making sense of things ourselves even as children it's unrealistic because your brain is not developed enough to be able to be that self-aware but looking back you can ask people who are older or who saw you from the outside what their perspective was as you reach out to people and ask how was it really how was I really growing up what was their responses to that and how has that helped you sort of come to terms with or to come to a sense of peace with your identity both now and as a child? Well, I do that a lot. And I think I do that a lot because as I have done self-work and like analyze myself because I do it all of the time, I realize that I don't remember a lot of my childhood. I don't remember a lot of growing up because I think I dissociated a lot because yeah. of not fitting in. Like I feel like I spent majority of my life trying to show up and present in a certain way that I was supposed to and try not to be a certain thing that I am discovering that I am now I was trying to show up opposite of that because it wasn't okay it was not accepted even by society like it wasn't really accepted let alone in the church and I was in the church for a long time I was in the church up until I don't know maybe 19 or 20 ish but yeah so I reach out to people now family members friends to try to understand that and like try and go back and understand where things started to turn where things started to like show itself and so I'll ask my aunt that I'm very close with I'll occasionally ask my mom as well ask friends and I get a mixture of answers there's uh answers that I'll get that are like oh you did have one time that you were a little bit girly that like you would dress up in dresses and stuff like that and I do remember a time that like I did dress up in a dress but like that's when like the goofy energy would come out of me of like 
I would dance weird in front of people and stuff. Like, I was just, like, a goofy kid. Yeah. And so sometimes I would just dress up and, like, I would dress up in a dress and, like, put a ball in the chest area of the dress and, like, walk around, like, <laughs> strutting and stuff. I was just in a goofy time, and so that's what I did. Whatever. I, I like to make people laugh. So, sure, maybe she took things like that as I was girly or whatever, but it doesn't feel true. And yeah. so I would reach out to my aunt, her sister, and she knew me very well. She was observant and whatnot, and so I'd ask her, like, was I girly? Like, I don't understand. Am I, am I misunderstanding? Am I forgetting a time in my life? Because that's understandable, and I can recognize that, that I can forget things. And she's like, she's told me no. You were not girly. You were definitely a tomboy or as we would now refer to as like... Mask. Yeah, more masculine and not very feminine. Like, I don't remember that, at least. And you would show up very much so, like, wanting to hang out with the boys and your boy cousins and stuff like that. So, yeah, I I would get a mixture of things, but mostly being told that I would show up more masculine than feminine. Yeah, for sure. And I do want to add a caveat that like we are using incredibly gendered language right now. And obviously there are mask, non-heteronormative people out there who do wear dresses. There are people who play with quote unquote girl toys Mm -hmm. or boy toys. And these are not defining factors. The things that you wear, the things that you play with, are things that you do and not things that you are. And I want to add that differentiation because it feels like even as we're talking right now, we're putting people in boxes of if you do these certain things, then you are this. And that's not true. True. If you do these things, then you are doing those things. That's a verb, not a noun. It's not who you are. Mm. It's not something you necessarily have to take on. It's just something that you are doing and Our culture really doesn't understand that. Our culture is a binary one that desperately wants to understand things in terms that they can understand. And unfortunately, in Western society, you already know that we don't have a lot of terminology or understanding of something that is a third or fourth or fifth or whatever option. And we've been told that there are only two choices. Yet in other cultures, in other traditions, there are other genders there are other ways of being and really at the end of the day this is just dress up gender is a social construct it's something that we assign people it's in all of our representation in all of our media sources it's this is how you're supposed to be if you are this now sex is different from gender obviously the body parts that you are assigned at birth are different from the gender, the thing that you decide to dress up as, the thing that you decide to present yourself as. You know, I have a friend, Hillary, who has an extensive closet and so many clothes that I've never even seen her wear before, but she keeps it because one day she might want to dress up as that thing for the day. She can be 90s grunge one day. She can be kind of emo one day. She can be preppy one day. She can be... These are ways of us discovering for ourselves who we are and how we present ourselves to the world. That doesn't mean that we are that thing. It doesn't mean that we are identified with the thing that we're wearing. It's just a way 
of presenting ourselves to the world and a way of getting to know ourselves. So as we're discussing this, I really just wanted to address that caveat and address that there are people who are outside of these boxes, outside of the social norms. I'm curious, do you feel that if you had had more representation in your corner of the world, that you would have been able to more easily attach the correct verbiage or language to the experience you were having? I think it would be a mixture of yes and no. I think it would be easier for vocab to be had and like to be aware of vocab for sure. Yes, absolutely. I guess yes to your answer is that like it would make it easier to be able to self-identify. I think it would have made it so much harder to be able to self-identify while still going to church and still having to show up in certain areas of my life because I definitely separated my life. Like I definitely separated it of like church friends and school friends or like there's a line there because I would wear dresses at church and outside of church, I would not be caught dead in a dress. Like that's the only time that I ever wore that or would show up in that way. I don't know. Maybe it would have pushed my process further along and like, I would have felt like I was actually living my life sooner because I feel like I just started living my life at age 21, 22-ish, um, which is hard, but I don't know. It would have made it easier to self-identify. It would have made it harder to actually go through that at a younger age and when like I would still have to keep going to church because my parents would want me to keep going to church. And that would have made it so much harder, for sure. And people would have judged me harsher at a younger age and at more of a pivotal age that, like, things matter way more and, like, things show up bigger. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit of both, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure it's difficult to ascertain definitely at this point. It's just, like, hindsight is Mm -hmm. 50-50. I just am curious if representation would matter to a greater degree for somebody who identifies differently than what they've been told are the only options. I think it would have definitely mattered for sure. Like, I'm not saying that it wouldn't matter. I think it would have made a very big impact on my life. And I think it would have made it easier to be able to process things or whatnot. Like representation is a huge thing. Whether it's something that you don't agree with, whether it's something that you don't believe in, whether it's something that you identify with or not, regardless, it's important because it allows community. It allows people to not feel alone. And growth for people who don't identify that way or don't think that way. I think it's important no matter what your belief system is in religion or politics or whatever, that it's vital to see the other side to give yourself a sense of humanity for one thing but also to be able to know for yourself for certain what you don't believe or what you do believe I mean it can concrete for you the things that you already know by understanding truly wanting to understand other sides other people's opinions other people's points of view it just opens up your whole worldview yeah for sure I wish I would have had more variety 
at a younger age and like growing up because I only knew a very handful of things like it was church basically like and the standards of church and the teachings of church was the way that I lived and that's kind of like how you're supposed to go about it I guess at least that's what is encouraged is that the teachings that you learn in church is what you bring into the world outside of church yeah and so that's how I lived my life and I didn't live it any differently because you're not supposed to like if anyone believed or thought differently than you of what you were being taught you are to teach them differently like you are trying to bring people to the church and so that is what I would try and do like when my sister had left my older sister had left the church and started like kind of going off that I was offended honestly because I started trying to dive in deeper to the church at that point and so I would try and bring her back or encourage her to come visit or honestly and I'm not proud of this but if I asked at church what my sister's phone number was so that people can reach her (laughs) whether it's a missionary the bishop I would give them her number because I'm like does she know that I don't think she's so. She's about to. <laughs> she might. I don't know that she She's going to be like, oh, now I know why the missionaries no, kept sure. knocking on my door. Thanks a lot. Yeah, because I was a person that is out for a long time and had gotten those same phone calls. I was pissed. And Cassidy, I'm sorry for that because <laughs> <laughs> I definitely threw you under the bus. I'm so sorry. Mm. But that was my world. That was my being was like, my sister has left and I love her. Like, I love her. And I want to be able to, like, have her for the rest of my life or the future or whatever. I don't want to not have her. Like, yeah. it was a fear factor. And so I tried to keep her. Like, that was the way to do that. And that's what I was being taught every Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's this fear that's instilled in you that there's only one way to do it. And if you deviate from that, then you don't get to experience the fullness of joy or the fullness of the blessings that you could have, which is ultimately reaching the celestial Celestial. kingdom and trigger warning, (laughs) getting to be with your family forever. So yeah, um, maybe I should include like, these could be some topics, some words that could potentially cause a visceral reaction with people who have been really hurt by and have left the church. I personally, I've shared this so many times, but I still have such an admiration and love for the church despite everything. I know that our stories and our feelings are very different and I honor how you feel completely about the church. I think that's okay. (laughs) I think that's so valid and we have had vastly different experiences and my coming out was never like a definitive moment there was no before and after really it's just my sexuality has always been fluid and yours has been undiscovered up until recently I just don't think you had the understanding the verbiage the terminology growing up that I did I on the other hand was exposed to way too much way too early so these are two sides of the extremes but I had a significantly more open understanding of what it meant to be gay and when people called me gay in middle school I knew exactly what they meant once again I I never identified as gay back then and 
I mean, I just have always had a very fluid sexuality, but I've known since second grade that I am not heteronormative and there's never been any kind of like connotation to that, you know, if there was any sort of negativity, I mean, not from my parents or from an at home perspective or from church really, because my church attendance was really loosey goosey growing up and never very concrete like your experience was, but from peers and stuff, yeah, I would always have that concern about whether or not I was going to be judged. And being called Liz the Les was highly offensive to me back then. Kind of cute. You like that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little bit. <laughs> but coming out to my parents was never a thing I felt I had to do. It was just like, this is me. This is who I am. This is who I've always been. And if you didn't know that already, I don't really even owe you that terminology I don't owe anybody like it never felt like I needed to come out it was just like I mean my parents found out because I literally called and texted them and was like uh I kissed Cam and that's how that was yeah. revealed to them that was how that was discovered and their reaction was cool how was it like it wasn't even this um, I think I may be gay. I mean, that was more like for my therapist of like, I have these feelings for my friend and I was describing how I felt when I'm around you and how I felt when I looked at you and she's like, yeah, have you considered that you might be gay? Like, it seems like you have feelings for Cam. What you're describing is feelings for Cam and you've always been sexually fluid and so this makes total sense and she was able to connect those dots for me even we're talking about having this sort of understanding of our sexuality and of ourselves as children this happened when I was 30 so even at the age of 30 and as someone who would like to self-identify as someone who's self-aware I didn't even have this real understanding of who I am and how I identify and why that even mattered. I mean, I ended up posting on my Instagram about it, but that was just something that I chose to do. Mm -hmm. And really coming out is an invitation to come closer. It's something that is not asking for approval so much as I care about you. I care about this relationship. I would like to share this with you and invite you into this journey that is, it's not up for interpretation. It's not up for debate. It is, mm -hmm. and I'm inviting you to be part of it. So we haven't reached that part in your story yet, and I would like to touch on that next. When is it that you ended up coming out, that you had discovered for yourself that you were gay and that you came out to the world? Well, I had that crush on the girl from high school. Nothing came from that. I told her that I had feelings, and they were not reciprocated <laughs> which is fine it probably wouldn't have been good anyways <laughs> it was a bit of a toxic relationship there but a few years later I had a friend at the time and we were good friends we were very close we would talk about all the things and I was going through a hard time at that point because I knew that I was gay at that point I kind of just like recognized that I did not want to be with a guy yeah and I was verbalizing feelings for the girl. And so I kind of was just like, I think this is the direction that that's going. And I'm not sure that I'm going to go that 
other direction towards guys. So I was having a hard time coming to terms with that fully. And so I had made this friend and shortly after that, I had started self-harming. And so she had helped me get into therapy. She suggested it and kind of gave it as an ultimatum. The fact that if I wasn't going to go work on it, and the fact that she knew that I was doing this, that she was going to tell my parents. And I did not want that. I did not want to tell my parents. I didn't want to hurt them. And I also was not necessarily wanting to stop. Like, I didn't have that desire. Like, if someone wants to get help, they're going to get help. Sure. Right. So I wasn't necessarily ready, but that was the step that I was going to take because I didn't want my parents telling. I eventually, at some point, told this therapist that I thought I was gay. And for reference... This was through family services, the LDS family services. So it was through church. It was not an outside source through insurance or whatever. So they still had the standards and views that the church did. And so I was terrified to tell this therapist this, but I had to because I thought that they were connected. And so I told her and she asked if I had acted on it. I told her no, because I hadn't. And she said, okay, well, we'll go ahead and wait to even focus on that and we'll go ahead and focus on other things and whatever pretty much just pushed off the side and said we're gonna ignore that for now and we're gonna focus on other things so that's what we did but eventually I started having feelings for this friend that I had become friends with and she was in the church as well and so I hadn't told her anything yet but we would like go on walks we'd go work out and whatever and there was this one night that we were on a walk with my younger sisters and my parents and they were further up ahead of us and there had been a comment made and this friend of mine had thrown out the joke I think she meant it as a joke I don't know but she had just thrown out to my sisters of being like oh well maybe I'm bi I think bisexual and that's why I'm always around cam and we all just kind of like chuckled it off or whatever. And again, at this point, I thought I had feelings for her. So I was like, well, this is probably going to be something that we talk about. So we ended up talking about it later through text because I'm terrified of just talking to people in person when it has to do with emotions or serious things. It's terrifying. And I also don't get the chance to like gather my thoughts all the time. So I texted her and I was like, what was up with that comment? that you made like are you actually serious about that or what's the deal and she's like oh I don't know again she hadn't been with a girl before then either and at this time I did identify as a girl so I told her like you can't joke about that because I think I have feelings for you basically and nothing really happened after that for a little bit and then something did happen and we ended up getting together and it was a secret we kept it low-key for a little bit until we didn't and first we told her aunt because she had a gay aunt so she was aware of this information she was aware of the terminology all that and so we told her aunt I went with her because she wanted me to and I was terrified because I was scared that for whatever reason if I told somebody it would get back to my parents and it wouldn't come from me and they would find out and it would be a whole thing and so we went and we talked about it with her, and she was super excited. No problem, obviously, because she's also gay. And then she eventually, this girl, 
that I was with eventually broke down and had basically like a mental breakdown and was throwing up all night and whatnot. And then she disappeared for at least an hour during the night pause, sleeping in her bed. And uh, I heard her crying in a room across the hallway. And she was talking to her mom and coming out to her mom, basically telling her that we were together. And so now her mom knows that I'm gay. And I did not tell her. She told her for me. Uh, just based off of her mental breakdown. And then her dad got called up. Like, she was in there for hours. And I was in her room by myself <laughs> for hours. Hearing her cry. Her mom came in. And I was, like, terrified. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, she is going to kick me out of this house. And I don't drive. I can't get home unless I tell my parents, like, hey, I need you to come pick me up because... She just outed me and they're telling me to get out. Like, my parents didn't know. So, like, I had no way of getting home. I had no plan. And I didn't know that she was even going to do this that night either. So, yeah, her mom comes in and was just like, Cam? It's like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> just about pissing myself. And she was just like, it's okay. Like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, we love you guys. All that stuff, right? So, like, first my heart drops and then I was like okay we're safe for now basically but her part was done she came out all that but then it was my turn because if her parents eventually freaked out about it we needed a backup place to be able to go and stay and so she was like you need to tell your parents I was like are we sure about that she's like no you need to tell them because if my parents freak out then like we got to go to your house. I was like, okay. So I told my mom and like, it was just like a passing thing. I was just like, Hey mom, just so you know, I like this person. She's like, okay. Yeah, sure. No problem. Like, and it was like super like subtle, not a big deal or whatever. And I didn't tell my dad for a little bit cause I was scared to tell my dad. He was a bishop at the time. I think, I think he's a bishop or just getting towards the end of his bishop time. I don't know. Somewhere around there though. But I told her in passing because I was terrified again. I don't like telling people big things in person. So I just like told her as I walked by. She's like, hey, just so you know, I like this person. And then walked out of the house, basically. Mm -hmm. And that was it. But eventually me, my mom, my dad all sat down. And we had to have a conversation about it. Like just the three of us. And my dad kind of initiated, I believe, of like us three to sit down and talk about this. It's like. Okay, like, I'm terrified, but maybe they just want clarification. Like, maybe they just want to know, like, oh, when did you realize this? Or how are you doing with it? Or check in on me, maybe. But it wasn't necessarily that. It was more so, like, so what are you going to do about church? Are you going to keep going to church? I was kind of like, huh? I don't think so, because I don't feel comfortable there. Like, it's not really a thing that people are okay with at that place. So probably not. And he was just kind of like, well, that makes sense. It's kind of like, why would an adulterer be comfortable going to church either? Mm. So I was like, yeah, for sure. That, yeah, that does make sense. Why would he? And so I kind of like left it at that. My mom had then told me actually that 
we had a family computer. It was an Apple computer. And so all of our devices were connected to each other. So occasionally it would get things messed up and text would show up on the family computer. My mom had been on the computer at one point years ago when I was a sophomore in high school and the text had come up of me and my best friend talking about it. Like, oh, I think I might be gay. And I feel bad because my best friend had given a response. I don't know for sure what she said. All I know is that my mom saw it and she clicked on it or somehow saw the conversation and saw that I had said that. And it exposed things about my best friend and I didn't mean for that to happen and I had no control over that, but it did. And I was like, years later I had to like tell my best friend, I'm like, I'm so sorry, like this thing came up and whatever, but it was terrifying and it wasn't necessarily the best experience and I was, I had a hard time with it for a bit there, but I was outed not only to her parents, I had to be then telling my parents about it. And I also was outed to you. Yeah. So hang on, let's back up a little bit here. First of all, did your dad know before you told him or before you told your mom, didn't he see you mm-hmm. and that's true. Yeah. Your girlfriend. So you got to back up. So uh-huh. he had seen the two of you kiss one morning uh-huh. as she dropped you off and mm-hmm. he was leaving for work. So he already knew. Yes. They both knew before I actually told them and they were both at least he was more upset and offended, kind of, of the fact that I didn't tell him and that he had to find out for himself by yeah. seeing it. Is sure. what he had said is that I had to see it instead of being told that that was happening. Right. Because he was, his car was parked right in front of the car that we were in. And I didn't know that he was in the car until I walked up to the house and his car lights turned on. And... I about crapped myself and I was like, <laughs> surely he didn't see anything. I don't, I don't think, no, he didn't. When did he walk out there? And I was just, I immediately texted my, at the time, girlfriend. I was like, my dad was in the car and we both were like, do we say something? Do we not? Like, I don't. Was this before she had come out to her family that your dad had I think seen so. you? Okay. And then this brings me to my other point. Was the Ellen incident before or after she had come out to her parents? It was before as well. <laughs> okay, so let's back up. We're going to add a part of the story that I can actually attest to because I was there. So Cam and I, let's delve into our story a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Cam and I met through mutual friends of the church, actually. Ironically, we had met at a friend's birthday party. Well, friend to me, sister of the girl that Cam was dating or friends with and then turned dating at Mm -hmm. the time. It's all very convoluted. So, And I knew all of your, at the time, friends before you knew them because they were my young woman leaders. We don't need to talk about that. (laughs) So Cam is seven years younger than me. Let's just throw that out there right now. Okay. (laughs) Aside from that, So if you have like a pen and paper and want to draw this little tree. So there's, I was friends with a friend. I don't know if I want to divulge names. So I was friends with a friend who invited me over to her friend's pool one day. And as we were at the pool, they were discussing this, my friend's friend's birthday coming up and how they were going to have this party. And since I'm there, they feel awkward and kind of obligated, like, oh, do you want to come too? I mean, like, you're sitting right there. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'd love 
to come to karaoke. That sounds like a good time. Down for a good time. Definitely. So I go to this party, and I don't know this friend's friend very well, aside from the fact that I'm friends with my friend, and she is always the sort of social coordinator and Mm -hmm. always bringing people together. And so I went to this party, and Cam was there because, oh, God. Okay, so this friend's friend invited her sister to the party, and her sister invited Cam as her plus one. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I met Cam, really obliquely. Like, you're at the end of the table, the opposite side Mm -hmm. of the table from me. That's Cam. My friend had mentioned, oh, yeah, like, that's Cam. I know Cam. They would come to church to young women's and they would skate to church it was, and it was a line then like one person said it, and then the next one and then the next and it was just a whole thing so I was like yeah no that was yeah hi guys so Cam and I didn't know each other first of all because I hadn't lived in Long Beach that long at that time I had only been there like maybe a year by then and so we met that night not more than just like a couple words because Cam is not a karaokeer Cam is my almost opposite, I would say, as far as, like, extrovertedness and personality goes. Like, you were planted firmly on the couch in the corner. Yes. And I was... Intentionally. Really excited to be at karaoke because my husband had just left me and I was going out for a girls' night and letting loose and I did not care what anyone thought of me and I was terrified to be there like I was definitely the person I was trying to like oh don't worry I'll pick out the songs for you so that I can sit on the couch and like just stare at a phone because I was like don't give me a mic don't invite me to dance like these are people from the church and I had been out of the church for a little bit and first off I don't dance most of the time unless it's with (laughs) like you and Milo like that's the only dance that I will do yeah Bottom line, I don't dance in front of people unless I am extremely comfortable with you. And right. I was not trying to do it. So so you were not with this friend at the time. You were just friends. We were just friends. And you had left the church by then. Mm-hmm. So you had left the church by the time you came out to your parents or were outed to your parents. Yeah, I mean, we were kind of like going off and on, I guess. Like, we weren't necessarily like fully out, but we were kind of like, do we feel like going? Not really. We're not going to go. Or like we would show up at like... For sacrament and we're like mm, we're gonna dip but was your membership something that was very personal to you because you had said that you had adhered more strongly to the church at some point was it something that the two of you made this decision together or was it a personal decision to you that because of how you presented or were discovering about yourself or was it something that was more like theological or belief-based well when I was a teenager I would always tell my friends and especially my older sister that like once I'm 18 I'm not going anymore like once I can go to like singles ward where my parents don't attend I'm not going anymore I'm gonna stop going and granted I went for a bit longer just because friends were there cousin eventually was there and whatnot but I did dive deeper into it uh years before I was friends with this person I would go to temple nights every Thursday I would do scripture study on my own and I would text a different friend about it and we would do it together of like studying and stuff but yeah I dove deep into it for a little bit and then at some point shortly before I had made this friend I was kind of just like I'm not really feeling this like I don't feel like doing this me and her would go, but we'd go for, like, activities. Like, we would go to just, like, hang out with people and, like, 
have fun or whatever. But even then, like, again, I'm introverts. So, like, I really don't feel like hanging out with these people. And quite honestly, most of them are older than me. And so, like, I didn't really have an interest in it. I didn't have an interest in staying forever or for a long time. So well, I, I left on my own. We're bouncing around a lot, too. We so are, sorry. sorry. No, it's not. It's not you. It's me. I'm bouncing around because I'm like, wait a minute. I remember we had mentioned this thing that we had just talked about. Let's dive into that. So karaoke night. Let's backtrack a little yeah. bit. I was there. Well, a couple weeks later, I had gotten a text saying that this friend of Cam's got tickets to the Ellen show. There were four tickets. Mm-hmm. One of the tickets was going to go to Cam mm-hmm. so that Cam could go with her. And then she invited her sister, the girl who had the karaoke birthday, They were going to invite their mom, Mm -hmm. these girls, but the mom had to go out of town. So they had a fourth ticket and she told her sister, you can invite this person because she's really fun. Basically, karaoke night was like an audition. Pretty much. And I was the good time girl. So I was invited to the Ellen show and I'm like, oh, absolutely. Like, I'd love to go to the Ellen show. So the four of us, me, Cam, Cam's friend and... Cam's friend's sister, the friend of a friend. I'm so sorry that this is so complicated yeah, to like. Sorry, we're not trying to throw names out. Describe or anything, so. this to people, but we had gone to the Ellen show and it was a good time, right? I didn't know these people very well because they were friends of friends, but it's a good time and I was more free to do stuff then. So we went and then Ellen wasn't there for that taping. So we automatically got another ticket to go back to another screening where Ellen would be there. So we're like, cool, we get to do this again. Well, as we're doing this, like we're becoming better and better friends. I'm becoming more acquainted with these people. I got to know Cam and it's so funny because I don't want to commandeer this story, but I do have to say that like, From that first day, Cam is this like very quiet, very introverted person. And yet, like, we connected that day. And I I can't describe it. It is something that is beyond words. But we described it after that, before we were together, when we were still just friends, as like, we felt like we were soulmates Mm -hmm. that day. Like, we connected on a deeper level. What was it? You would, like, stare at me, and I'd be like, what? You'd be like, nothing. <laughs> yeah, every time. And it was, even at karaoke, like, my eyes were automatically, like, drawn to you. Like, I was already kind of just like, hmm. Like, she's interesting. Like, I want to I wanna be friends with her, for sure. Like, no doubt about it. But I'm an introvert, and I don't like making the first move initially. Like, I don't, I feel awkward making friends. And I'm not going to walk up to you as an adult and be like, do you want to be my friend? Like, that's weird. Like, right. that's not acceptable. I wish we would do that, though. I tr- it would yeah, make no, life for sure. so much simpler. Yeah, but other people can start it, and I'm not starting it, so. <laughs> but, no, then we went to Ellen, and we had gone and gotten food. Or we were in the car, even. Like, right off the bat when we, like, picked you up. And it was me, this girl's sister, and you, because we went to go pick up my friend from her work, because yeah. she's the last one. And even right from the jump, like, I would stare at you as you guys were, like, blasting... Lizzo I think probably yeah either that or Backstreet Boys I don't know I think it was Lizzo I think so but I would just be staring at you from the back seat and you would like look back and glance at me and you're like 
what? I'm like, but not in like a mean way. I wasn't saying it like (laughs) buzz off nerd. Like I was joking. Like I was playing with you because I could sense that you were like timid and you know how extroverts are always trying to like adopt introverts and be like for sure look how fun and cute and charming I am come be social with us and be fun like (laughs) flirty and like I'm trying to be fun with you and like just coax you out of your shell and like we connected so much just even from that first day when we did not know each other Mm -hmm. and then we went again and then we got to that show and it was it must have been closer to October at that point. Our first show, I think, was in September. The second one, I think, was October. And she was doing the 12 Days of Christmas Sweepstakes where she revealed to us, the crowd, at that second show, that we were invited back for a Christmas showing, a third one. And by that point, we are like, so done. Yeah. But this experience had really concreted all of us together, or at least, like... Me and Cam, I'm, I was friends with these girls, but like we didn't connect on a very deep level. And I'm not trying to say this as like a cop out for like what would later transpire or anything. Well, let me just note is that this whole thing of like going to Ellen and stuff, we made a group text. And so then I had your number because I wasn't going to go asking you for your number because that's again, it's weird. Like, at least in my head, it's weird to like, can I have your number? Like, that's. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm uncomfortable with that. Anyways, I had your number. And so then I would text you like individually at yeah. some point of just like, Hey, like I've been wanting to be your friend or whatever weird yeah. thing I probably said, but you did you definitely never said anything like, hi, I want to be your friend. It was always just like, how's your soul? <laughs> That came later. I think originally it was just, we, I don't know. I wish that I had yeah. our texts still from back then, but eventually it was like Cam would comment on all my stories and be like the most supportive person, like commenting on my Instagram photos and saying they wanted more of me posting my <laughs> self portraits. And I never put anything together. I was completely oblivious, but we're jumping ahead. We are jumping ahead for sure. So let's go back to the third screening of Ellen or the not screening, the third televised show, the Christmas show of Ellen, where we got a ton of free stuff. And it was a really awesome, crazy experience. But on our way there, we got food and we went and we parked. And I remember hearing some sort of scuffle in the backseat. And this is before Cam or their friend at that time had come out to anybody. And they were just like whispering sort of hurriedly to each other. And there was some sort of, but I am, it's none of my business. Like I'm staying in my lane. I'm eating my Chick-fil-A up in this front seat and (laughs) hanging out with my friend's friend who is now becoming like my friend. And I don't know what was going on, but all of a sudden Cam's friend said, do you remember exactly what she said? Like, Yeah, she had, well, because her sister then turned around and was like, one of you guys turned around and was like, what is going on? It was and probably like, me. That sounds probably. like something yeah, I would no, say. Sure. And like, I probably instantly regretted it. Yeah, for sure. Well, my friend was like emotionally not well. And so like she then blurred out, I have to tell you guys something and mom and dad don't know. Because her sister is there. And so she's like, I have feelings for Cam. 
She didn't say I have feelings for Cam. I can sorry, I can vouch okay, with no, certainty I because like Cam. I like Cam. Yeah. Because I was like, uh-huh. We all like Cam. <laughs> We're all on the same page sure, here. Yeah. We all Yeah. Cam's a great person. We're yeah, all about sure. Cam. But her sister then to that comment was then like confused and then looked directly at me and was like Cam, do you feel the same way? And I was like, I don't know what she's talking about. No, (laughs) (laughs) like, there's two ways that we could go about this, and Uh neither one of them are fun. So either I say yes, granted, me and her have decided to be together. Like, we started dating shortly before this, I think. Um, just not telling anyone yet. So that's why she told her. And so I either say yes because, well. It's now my girlfriend, and that is deep trouble if you say no, that I do not feel the same as, and throw your girlfriend under the bus. Or I say yes, and then I'm being outed. So I said yes. I was like, yep, I also like her. And, um, but what was the scuffle in the back seat? Well, we were texting, we were texting kind of the whole time because she was freaking out the entire time that ride. And was texting me and just like, I have to tell her. I'm like, maybe not. Like, there's another person here. Granted, I don't think she's going to necessarily react bad. But like, also, I don't want to be here when you do that. So like, maybe not. But like, wording it in a way that like benefits her only and not me. Because like, this isn't about me. It turned into being also about me. But yeah, we were texting the whole time. And she's like freaking out and like, looking at me. I'm like, I know. I thought I heard like hurried like whispers of like panic. Yeah, cause at well, cause at one point, then we like are parked and we're all like trying to like talk and stuff, and she is not having like she could not have a conversation with all of us, and I'm over here like, please have a conversation, like talk, please. (laughs) Um, and so she'd look at me, and I'm like, you can do this later, whatever. We were just like whispering because then at some point we can't be on our phones, and then. All of a sudden, you guys are like, what the fuck are they doing on their phones? Like, we are trying to talk to you. So, that's kind of what that was, I think. And she also couldn't eat her food. Which then I was like, like, I would like to eat my food. But now I'm sick to my stomach and we can't eat. Like, we miss out on Chick-fil-A and our food's getting cold. Like, eating cold fries is not good. So, like... This whole story is just my absolute favorite, though. I mean, I know that it's, like, it was awful for you. For me as an outsider... For sure. It was the most awkward and uncomfortable yeah. situation. Well, because you tried to come in and save the day. I did. I giving us some fun news. So, I mean, at that point, like I say, by karaoke night, my husband had moved out and I came home one day. His stuff was all packed. He left. I went to karaoke. I blew off steam. By that time, he was gone. We were separated. We didn't know this, though. No, because I wasn't good friends with any of you. I'm not sure... sure who did even know at that point. I'm not even sure if my original friend of that friend knew because it wasn't something I was ready to talk about Mm -hmm. or discuss with everybody. And your cousin outed me (laughs) with that. So, but that's another talk. Not my cousin, my mom's cousin, just to be clear. Well, okay, second cousin, whatever. Anyway, (laughs) that's a different talk for a different day and I won't get into that. But it was... This very tense moment where I think I was probably like, what is going on back there? Because I'm hearing like little tittering of like hurried 
panicked whispers. And I'm. Well, and her sister's freaking out and like bawling now that we have said these things. Right. She's and then, so and I'm like out. trying to. The two of you are having some tense little, like, you've just been outed. You're like, please, please, please don't do this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm yeah. doing it anyway. And then her sister's crying. Mm-hmm. And my reaction to lessen the blow is to say, hey, by the way, uh, I'm getting a divorce. <laughs> and just let that. And I remember her, the sister's renewed like <laughs> sobs like not only was she sobbing but she yeah. sobs again like what yeah. and I instantly was like that was the wrong thing to do but I thought in my heart of hearts that I was helping I thought I felt that I was thrilled not for you to be going through a divorce <laughs> but like also like put the attention on someone else please that is like, what I was trying to do and I, I was trying that. to I appreciate it cushion like I was concerned about you I was like are you okay? Like, what? Um, forget this. You and me can talk. Like, well, let's... and that's what ended up happening. The two of them, the sister and girlfriend, mm-hmm. went and talked outside and were crying, and it was a whole thing. And mm-hmm. so I'm just like, can I eat my Chick Fil A now? Sure. I'm gonna go ahead and I was standing outside of your door, like, so how are yeah. you doing? But my initial reaction was just, oh my gosh, congratulations. I was so happy for you. I was happy for you both. And also I was like, I am so sorry that I know this now. Yeah. I I sense that maybe you didn't want Mm -hmm. people to know this, but you were not in control of how that continued to snowball. Mm -hmm. We could have talked forever and we nearly did. This conversation clocked in at around two hours, so I decided to split it up into two parts. Stay tuned for the second half of this conversation, and in the meantime, here are some featured clips. That right there, like, I don't feel like a girl, I don't feel like a boy, and somewhere in between, there's this word. There's this word that describes it, and it's valid, and like, it's also terrifying. And then I chopped my hair off completely. I went super short. And that was the biggest euphoric thing I have ever done. This is a person. Like, I am a person that is not this or that. It's a sliding scale. (laughs) 